All right. So uh, we're live on your end. We're live. Yep, perfect. So good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, every, anyone who is uh, listening to or watching this later on the Generation Z and uh, at a recorded time, or, or for those that are watching or listening live on, uh, on Mark's end from uh, My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast and Alt Media United. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Elemental Philosophorum. And today we will be covering lithium. Uh, Mark, brother, please uh, take it away. Right on. Yeah. So we've covered fluorine, we've covered iron, we've covered titanium, and I'm missing the fourth one. What was the other one we covered? Tungsten. Tungsten. That was last time we met, of course. How could I forget? And now we're brought to lithium. And what's interesting about lithium, uh, just from like looking at the periodic table itself, it is probably all the way uh, on the other side of the chart compared to the other ones that we've talked about today or in this series, rather. Right. Um, there's definitely, you know, a sort of theme with the metals. Um, but I wanted to go into the other side of the periodic table. And I just, again, you know, randomly picked one out. And I'm wondering how lithium fits into all of the research that you put together on a weekly basis, because, you know, people, this is probably one of the more um, commonly known elements um, just because of its use in batteries. As a matter of fact, its usage in batteries is pretty much like 100%. And in 2011, you know, only 27% of all lithium production was going towards batteries and now it's almost at like 90 to 85 percent so you know most lithium is being used for these batteries not just mobile devices uh but cars now the electric cars which a lot of conspiracy theorists talk about that uh this you know global reset that we're heading towards and and that's the big part of it for me i don't know how you feel about there we're kind of uniting north america here with this you know canada uh and america thing yeah. going on i love that brother i just thought of that now but you know i mean you might have a different take on it for sure being up there but here in america like being able to drive uh, and like fill up your tank and like go wherever you want. It's a very like ingrained thing. You know, it, it's, it's a part of uh, at least for the past 60 to 80 years, it's a part of American culture. And it seems like with the ad, uh, advent of lithium batteries in cars, we're going to see our freedoms on the road get, taken away and i know that's not the point of this show but i just wanted to say like as someone who really loves driving and exploring it does not um feel very good to see how much electric car uh production is happening in this day and age I could not agree any more uh, more with you, brother, with respects to uh, what you said about, again, society, with respects to what's going on in the world right now. Um, I would even take it one step further than just uh, bringing together Canadians and Americans. I would even dare to say humans almost. It seems like, again, uh, with what's going on in uh, Africa, Europe, uh, Australia, I mean, Christ, you know, uh, not to bring that up to get us kicked off of YouTube here, but we see it's more of a, like you said, it's becoming more and more boundary lists, if you will. And again, as it pertains to lithium in a more nuts and bolts angle, that whole aspect of being able to use uh, lithium for, you know, uh, for batteries, you know, lithium ion batteries in our phones. I remember, oh man, I remember back in 2010, when Apple came out with the iPhone 4, um, they had some of their engineers bragging about, you know, this brand new lithium ion battery and all that kind of stuff. So it, it, there's certainly a lot to be to be said about lithium. And like you said, it's on the total other spectrum of the of the periodic table. Um, but is there anything else you wanted to expand upon uh, before I, I jump in on my end or? Yeah, well, there's definitely a couple more things we can touch on. I mean, people um, usually associate like the battery mining, like all this like new tech mining uh, as happening in Africa. And that is true. Um, the Republic or the Democratic Republic of Congo has, I think, a large 
stone of it's a different type of lithium ore and they get a lot of lithium over there but where the majority of the earth's lithium is is in what's called the lithium triangle in the andes mountains and it's around the borders of argentina bolivia and chile and you know i was just learning about this kind of thing through a different conversation with my buddy michael juan and he was bringing up like susquehanna serpentine and this type of serpentine stone that's in the susquehanna river valley in his particular part of pennsylvania and when i was researching this further i found that there are these spaces these ecosystems called serpentine barrens where um, the soil is so acidic that only endemic species of plants grow for people who aren't aware of what endemic means, it just means like a species that is indigenous to one area and only that area. It cannot survive anywhere else. And I think that's very interesting in the UFO conversation because it seems like uh, we deal with these species who are endemic to their region, uh, but they use technology to sort of um, bubble, you know, create a bubble where they can survive outside of that maybe endemic region but either way not to get too far off track lithium is found in these salt pans right these um this it's not quite a desert it's more of like an ancient uh it looks kind of like an ancient lake bed and and uh you know all of the water has evaporated out of it and it's really interesting when you go to a place like this the feeling the energy that you can get and now when we consider that lithium is one of the most energetic elements on the periodic table of elements, and that's why it's used in batteries because, you know, and we kind of touched on this with fluorine and, and it's super reactive um, properties, but lithium has a huge potential um, to store energy and it's extremely light. And I think you know, when you go to a place like the salt pans or serpentine barrens and you feel that energy, uh, you don't, you can't like discount the possibility that, you know, the properties of the elements are playing into that somehow. I don't know. I think it just adds more um, evidence to the kind of feelings that people have, which usually people who haven't had those feelings just write it off as like, oh, well, you know, that's just you. But I think there's a scientific basis for these like energies or auras that a certain place can have. And given lithium's properties, and I'm sure we'll get into that, its properties further as we talk, but it's, it's interesting to note that. I, I could not agree more with you, brother. As a matter of fact, I wanted to, uh, I, to be honest, there's so many different, uh, different areas that I could, I could start in. So I'm just going to, you know, pick one as it pertains to to lithium and expand on what you were saying so if i could um, very quickly here i will share my screen and what i found very interesting is the angle of lithium from the perspective of the battery and i say that because if we take a look at this over here according to uh, bibliotecaplates.net um, and again th this is for those who don't know bibliotecaplates.net is a great uh, indexing website uh, pertaining to a lot of esoteric spiritual even extraterrestrial affairs documents you name it um, it's just a great uh, database if you will and I quote a magnetic field will separate positive and negative charges by turning negative charges in one direction as positive charges are diverted or emitted in another direction negative charges may be easily tuned or turned, excuse me, while the positive charges are very difficult to turn. The charges may be collected on separate plates to create an external current and vice versa. The incident particle beam directed at a sample of one of the light elements or a compound of them placed in a triax box with a magnetic field across it causes the manufacture of positive and negative charges. End quote. Now, what I wanted to say as it pertains to before we get into lithium, I wanted to talk about the concept of, you know, again, the yin and the yang, the hermetic principles, the push and the pull, the compression, the the 
collapsing the vacuum into oneself from a spiritual angle, which through the use of uh, sacred geometry or through rather the explanation of sacred ge geometry creates what we're seeing on the screen right here with respects to a charge and, uh, and a positive charge and a negative charge, a push and a pull, whatever you would like to call it. What I find particularly interesting about lithium aside from the angle of, you know, the traditional car battery, you name it, is this right over here. The And I quote, the trick is to transmute an element into a temporary radioactive isotope of a very short half-life after which it quickly returns to its grounded state with the emission of photon energy extracted during its synthetically radioactive reaction. Using a one mole sample of lithium-6 or lithium niobate crystals manufactured by Union Carbide, this process will produce a continuous external current of 50 kilowatts indefinitely unless the load is dropped too quickly, in which case a small explosion can occur. This can be fail-safed by use of a computerized control of the incident particle beam in respect to the load in conjunction with an appropriate device such as an ultraviolet laser. Now, interesting here is that it says more simply, an incident particle beam device can be easily fabricated using the Tesla bulb shown, which may be controlled with an uh, FET or FET field effect transistor, which senses a change in the field strength and instantly diminishes the current of the bulb, end quote. So I wanted to go uh, jump right here to, again, uh, going back to the, sorry, one second, um, quote right here, unless the load is dropped too quickly. All right. Now, using lithium-6 or lithium bait crystals, the process will produce a continuous external current of 50 kilowatts. I find it interesting that the variation and alteration of lithium, I know that those within science may not find it as interesting, but I find it interesting that, again, pertaining to what is called the load or what is referred to as the load in science, if we look back, for example, at the, again, I bring this up quite often, but the Project Carrot documents, it was mentioned that, again, there was an element of lithium, which at the time was not understood according to the whistleblower, that, again, responded to a certain weight that was placed on this particular type of metal that they were trying, the team at Project Carrot was trying to reverse engineer. Interestingly enough, we find here in consistency with what was reported there that the lithium or the lithium niobate crystals right, helped produce a load which would allow for that levitation or whatever you want to call it, the voiding of space and time. I find it interesting that there is consistency here as well. Now, equally as much, I, sorry, I don't mean to... Uh, I don't mean to, to, to hog it so much, but we see here again, the usage of the terminology lithium-7, um, while the rarer and more unstable isotope is lithium-6. Uh, lithium-6 has a low neutron ratio. We see, again, energy with other ways to produce atomic energy by using non-radioactive light elements. In addition to the Atomic Energy Commission, the uh, Los Alamos scientists, uh, Los Alamos labs, excuse me. But one of the things that I find to be so... Uh, so peculiar is the trilateral commission or again we see trilateral commission trying to infiltrate the mining of lithium before others uh, are able to obtain vast amounts of it which i find to be quite peculiar so i know i kind of jumped all over the place there's still quite a bit i wanted to 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 um to expand upon but again can you, I, I, can you explain yeah. for for the layman what we're looking at in this diagram here because i'm fascinated by it, but I'm kind of wrapping my head around it. I know you quoted a bunch, so don't sure. quote it again, but to the best of your abilities, yes, like, yeah. can you? Yeah, no, not a problem. So this here we see, according to this right here is a Tesla bulb. All right. So again, a Tesla bulb is used in many different regards to, for, you know, uh, experiments for, um, again, uh, we can also argue for what's been called, you know, uh, death rays, heart attack guns, you name it. Right. Uh, okay. Psychotronic weaponry. Right. So the propulsion, which would be needed relative to a, a positive or negative charge, similar to that of a car battery, if you want to call it, would be applied here as well. I mean, the, the thing that I find most peculiar is again, there being what's described here as the momentum axis within the Tesla bulb. Now, uh, for layman's terms, essentially what we're seeing here is we're combining the use of different elements, forms of light spectrum, and again, using the basic concept of, of gravity, if you will, to formulate different what people back then would call anomalies in the space-time continuum. And space-time continuum is literally everything all around us. We could argue we are living in the space-time continuum right now. But interestingly enough, what I wanted to, uh, to reference to explain in layman's terms is a magnetic field 
and I quote, will separate positive and negative charges in this particular Tesla bulb device, if you will, right? Uh, this Tesla bulb over here relative to the electric field axis and the magnet field axis. So what we're seeing here essentially is basically a very, very, at the time, complex system or mechanism that was used to, again, you know, bend light to sort of bend different forms of space and time, which brought us, for example, allegedly, and I say us as humans, but even the secret of humans, uh, the ones keeping the secrets from us, the chronovisor which was allegedly the device that when you, the Vatican had one and NASA allegedly had one, that when you pointed it in a particular direction, what would then happen is you would be able to see the events within that geographical vicinity that occurred in the past or may occur in the future in that particular spot. So essentially what we're looking at are mechanisms here, brother, visually that are essentially experimenting or messing with all of that, if you want to call it. Wow. Yeah, it, it's a lot. It's a lot. But it, again, it shows that, the, again, we see here like labels like particle light beams, magnetic fields, um, electrons. Uh, one thing I did want to point out as well, too, is that one of the things that's so interesting is that from the lithium, from the magnesium, from the aluminum or this type of metallurgy that's found from recovered UFO crashes, what's, what's not unique about the material is the material itself within the UF, within the, uh, the alien material, I should say. What is unique is the isotopic re-engineering that at the isotopic level would take billions and billions of dollars to recreate on this planet. To our knowledge on the surface, it has yet to be done. So again, a small little, little microgram, I don't even know if that's a, 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 an official measurement, but you know what I mean. If re-engineered at the isotopic level on this planet in the way in which has been studied and analyzed from the metal recovered from the alien craft, allegedly, would take billions of dollars just to reproduce the smallest amount. In addition to that, there have been scientists with top secret clearances in the past who have been experimenting, ironically enough, at the labs mentioned, you know, Atomic Energy Commission, you name it, um, with such apparatuses that we see here visually. And they simply said when they've tried to look at the isotopic structures and the which embodied concentric circles and fractality, or in fractal shapes, they simply said, my God, we don't understand this. Now, maybe by now that they've understood it, but I'm just referencing, you know, a public surface level uh, knowledge and, and, and information. But right. yeah, I mean, it's a lot to take in there, but yeah. Well, when you're talking about military applications, I mean, one of the more notable military applications for lithium was as a nuclear uh detonator right it was the it fueled this thermonuclear reaction uh that they set off in the castle bravo uh tests at the bikini atoll marshall islands right this is where they exploded these huge nuclear bombs i think for the first time ever in human history and lithium was a big part of that wow Holy yeah. crap. That's, that's, that's crazy because I see here um, to add to, to that right there pertaining to, to the, the, the mining and, and all of that here, according again, Biblioteca plates, energy storage and mining techniques. Um, let's see here. One second, very quickly. Uh, subcritical nuclear reactors. Uh, there are, and I quote, excuse me, there are a number of other unusual energy sources. Although we don't ordinarily think of it as such, planetary rotation is an excellent storehouse of energy. The spinning earth, if slowed to a dead stop, would free about 2.6 multiplied by 10 to the 29th joules, enough to power human civilization at its current rate of consumption for a billion years into the future. So if similarly halted, would liberate 1.2 times 10 to the 36 joules, end quote. Interestingly enough, lithium seems to be the material that is attracted by major corporations with respects to mining as to alternative energetic sources. And I find it interesting that, again, that these major institutions and companies and corporations are constantly mining for lithium and what they do not falter in with respects to that, them, you know, looking for more and more uh, storage and forms of lithium, if you want to call it that, and isotopic restructuring is lithium itself. They never falter from, no, 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 we don't need lithium. It's always we need lithium all the time. Uh, every single time. And we see here, again, this idea, and I quote, is not all far-fetched. Various plants and animals are known to be hyper accumulators. 
of specific minerals or metals. For instance, the so-called copper flower native to Zaire has a dry weight that is 1.3% copper, right? Again, uh, end quote. So we see this over and over and over again, right? Uh, we see, for example, a mining worm is five inches long and a quarter inch in diameter mutated from an earthworm. It ingests metal aurors or for pleasure, one of them being lithium. So again, I, I can't help but think when we take a look at all of this. <laughs> wow. Yeah. We, I mean, I believe we take lithium as a form of medication, if I'm not mistaken, for. Well, uh, yeah, that was definitely going to be something I brought up later on. But to that point about bioaccumulation, uh, you know, when I was talking about the serpentine barons, they have problems in that part of Pennsylvania, or at least they did historically. Uh, because, you know, they wanted to farm and, and raise cattle and what would happen to the cattle after they, because uh, they would, what they would do to correct the acidity in a soil like that full of serpentine, uh, which serpentine has nickel and cadmium in it, which I'm sure we'll talk about those in future episodes. But these cows that were grazing in this serpentine barren had really high toxic levels of nickel in their liver and all this stuff. So I definitely, yeah, I think that, you know, to this point, <laughs> lithium is strange because it's not, it's not, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to go out on the limb cause I'm not a doctor, but I'm hundred percent suspicious of, all pharmaceuticals i'll just say yeah. that and i definitely think that it's kind of insane that it's still being used to treat people's um mental issues i don't know maybe i'm wrong I but agree. to me it seems like you know and i'm sure you agree but i think there's people out there who you know unfortunately might be going through some issues and if they're taking this you know i don't want to affect them but at the same time like you know when we consider that the guy who first used um you know used this stuff as a medicine he was i think mr cat cade J let me look his name up but this guy cade he did these experiments in australia that involved injecting lithium and urine solutions into people's bloodstreams right so interesting Right. And um, if they found that there was this sort of like numbing effect and people were who had bipolar issues, their mania was calmed down. But it seems like people who take this don't enjoy it because, you know, the first guy that ever was put under as a guinea pig to try this stuff out, you know, he ended up reverting back to his psychosis because he didn't want to take the lithium anymore i mean given that was probably in the earlier days of medicine so he probably maybe just didn't like needles but still i mean i i'm very skeptical um and i think there was this assumption and this bias in the early 19th century and even earlier 18th and 17th century that metals and minerals would be godly or, or divine medicines as opposed to like the paganistic herbal medicines and i think that there's you know a lot of totally tangential stuff that created that you know but you know the witch trials and the superstition and, and paganism and all that but really what it is is people trying i think for economic reasons to find a quick fix. And what mining is, it's like a monopoly type of economy. Cause if you have all of the mines, you can control, you know, how much the resource costs and maybe even what the resource is used for. And then once it's being used for that and you're getting your price, I think there is also, and we see this throughout history, the manipulation of the populace so that they continue to use this product. Diamonds are an example of that, you know, where the De Beers family has an exclusive monopoly on all these diamond mines. And then they created this cultural uh, practice of, of giving diamonds to loved ones uh, for engagement and then for wedding. And here we are now, and it's pretty much 
second nature to women that when they get into a, a marriage that there there's going to be a very expensive diamond uh, bought by <laughs> their fiance and he's going to have to buy it maybe not directly but through some middleman from this international organized crime family so you know this is what yes. we're supporting here folks and i think lithium being used as a treatment for certain mental issues i don't i don't think we shouldn't apply that same amount of skepticism to lithium as we do uh diamonds and whatnot I, I couldn't agree more. And I also wanted to add to all of that as well, that lithium uh, is used in uh, by plants for photosynthesis um, in a lot of cases. Um, in addition to that, I also wanted to mention here as well that, let me pull this up here. Again, bibliotechaplates.net. Uh, the sources are varied. It's just, again, this is a database or indexing website. But I this particular document here focuses on... Uh, building a sort of complex on the moon, so to speak. Now, I want to, I want to point out some of the visuals that were provide that were sketched out um, at, uh, you know, by NASA employees many, many years ago that of course they claim they dropped the whole project, but I really, I, I have my doubts. Don't get me wrong as I'm sure many of you do, but again, we see here, this project here, again, of there being some type of spinning wheel, so to speak, we've seen this in the interstellar film. Uh, we've seen this with uh, Amazon, Jeff Bezos's blue origin concept of there being, you know, a gravity propulsion, uh, artificial one that could sort of stabilize uh, any type of living complex, if you will. But the reason I wanted to bring all of this up is because, particularly pertaining to a lunar base on the moon and again using photosynthetic life forms you know plants and whatnot to power and not to power but to sustain a, a very healthy and comfortable living environment is what caught my attention because not only are the obviously equipment utilized for not just terraforming but for the moon before and not just for mars but are also used for allegedly i want to say to be very precise um this top secret you know uh base uh lunar base uh, endeavors missions you name it interestingly enough if we take a look over here and I quote, this had to do with some NASA scientists pertaining to Martian terraforming and other uh, tasks. The scientists proposed a two-pronged attack on the problem. First, atmospheric mass should be increased by vaporizing the polar ice caps or the subsurface permafrost. If the reflectivity of the ice caps was reduced by only 5% for a period of 100 years, a kind of runway de-ice age might be triggered and a new temperature climactic regime established. Secondly, mechanisms of genetic engineering currently available or under development could be used to construct organisms far better adapted to grow on Mars than any present terrestrial organism. In principle, the entire gene pool of the Earth might be available for the construction of an ideally adapted oxygen-producing photosynthetic Martian organism. What were they going to use to provide a good chunk of the photosynthesis and the oxygen and whatnot? Lithium. So again, like you said, going back to De Beers and all of that, it's a very, very interesting way because uh, a way to view it uh, with respect. They're trying to, to yeah. maybe cause a rapid climate change on the moon in order to create like a oxygen rich atmosphere where there isn't one currently. Right. Yeah. And we see here and wow. again, of course, the, the recent public studies coming out about all of a sudden the moon has an atmosphere all of a sudden. Right. Which I would dare to propose is an artificial dome, if you will. But again, it was estimated that the creation and I quote of an oxygen atmosphere using known terrestrial photosynthetic life forms, again, feeding via lithium might take hundreds of thousands of years. But by altering the environment of Mars and by seeding it with appropriately oh, yeah. Mars, not the moon. Uh, sorry, yes, uh, Mars, my apologies. Uh, not the moon, sorry, man. Um, no, it's okay. I'm, I think I mistook oh. that, but go ahead. Uh, and seeding it with appropriately bioneered organisms, the length of time to project completion could be reduced a thousandfold. Total energy expenditure for the NASA AIMS scheme roughly 10 to the 24th and 10 to the 25th joules. I'm not going to pretend like, you know, again, I. Uh, I, I fully understand the whole concept of the, 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 the metrics and measurements and all that, but Jules, that's like a force. That's, uh, I don't, I, I mean, I can't visualize how much 10 or yeah, to the 24th yeah. power, you know, of force that is, but yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Right. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, exactly. I know what jewels are, but past that, I don't want to pretend like I do, which is, <laughs> that's why I wanted to, uh, to clarify, but we see here and I quote water molecules would be split into oxygen, which could be released into the Martian air 
eventually to result in a breathable atmosphere and hydrogen, which could be collected and used for fuel in fusion power plants to operate the electrolysis, uh, electrosis factories. Again, using electrolysis. electrolysis, excuse me. Again, lithium from powering some of these uh, some of these plants to power the, the uh, you know, to cr create photosynthesis, to generate it, you name it. So, I, you know, like going back to what you said about De Beers, I can't help but think that there being some type of harvesting or stocking up of, of lithium and other elements and minerals is it plays to a speaks to a much larger agenda, which could be something like, again, we see, for example, in real time, world economies collapsing financially and what have you seems to be almost deliberate. I don't mean to sort of veer off to that path, but again, oh, if, right. if it's all connected, I mean, you take a look at, for example, these elites sort of cashing out maybe seeming like they're enjoying the sort of last bit of valued currency, possibly uh, that they still have before things might change to a more, again, I'm not saying entirely, but for the sake of just, you know, spurring out ideas, a more uh, ideological value to that of minerals. Because again, if there would be a transition, assuming there is one in place slowly, for better or worse is not for me to say, but if there was a transition that would bring humans to a galactic understanding of there being other species out there, the value of money on our end means absolutely nothing right? Because then it's right. just a piece of paper that we give value to. So what would the next currency be? What would the next form of, again, power be? What would something be to, to bring that sort of system of compression of the everyday people like you and I? What would that lead to? Could be minerals. I'm, I could be wrong, but. Well, and you see this like, you know, and I remember having a conversation with Chris Milligan, um, whose father was in the CIA, and that inspired him to go on and publish all of these really awesome books, letting people know the truth of what's going on. But, you know, maybe now that I say that it sounds a lot fishier than I honestly think, but, but either way, um, that aside, he mentioned that minerals and mining were like top priority. And if you think about that, well, that's cause they're truly finite in a way, uh, in the sense that like you can only find them in certain parts of the world. Um, it costs, certain amount of time and energy and other resources to even extract these certain minerals, but they have applications and that's what makes them valuable. I mean, lithium, we went through how in 2011, only 27% of the world's lithium was going towards making batteries. Now it's close to most of the world's lithium. And I forgot to mention Australia has a lot of lithium as well, but you know, it's interesting on that point, I think that is what motivates groups like NASA or, or any other group that's going to go in space or hide space or whatever they're doing with space, because I'm not totally sold that we can even go to the Mars or the moon. But, you know, if there are minerals and mines, you know, or sorry, elements like lithium in those other places, and we know there is based on what they tell us, they send probes and they do all kinds of scientific experiments up there. Again, not 100% sold that they're telling us the truth on all of that. Uh, they don't seem to have much proof. But then again, this is the nature of it. You know, we're talking about very, very expensive um, resources that are extremely, I shouldn't say expensive, I should say valuable. Yes. And yeah. people who have the power to go and get them are going to be very, very secretive about the goings on and how they're going about that. So if, if that means letting everybody think the world is flat and we can't get to space, well, maybe that would give them a, a huge monopoly, right? That would certainly uh, limit the amount of com competitors that they might have. But I think for the, for like the rat race that is mining here on earth, you see that with, again, with these monopolies where they, they control these resources. So I don't know, man, I think, I think mining meteors, mining the moon, mining Mars. I think that is, if that's possible, that's exactly what they're going to do first when they go to a place uh, like the moon or Mars. I wanted to add to that as well. And I really appreciate you bringing up De Beers, brother, because it just made me think of, again, there being a global sort of loosely centralized conglomerate that is 
not cons- not directly working together, but conspiring in a way that would be very difficult for people over time to discover. But again, we could argue now is the time that we're catching up to excuse me, all the things that were occurring at the at the time with respect to suppression of minerals, suppression of different forms of materials from these corporations. And I say that because look at this, interestingly enough, we can relate this to what's going on in the world today. I'm not going to speak it for the sake of YouTube and whatnot, but um, we see here, there are many who believe that if they accept the brand or the mark of the beast, which is essentially an alien brand marking their property as humans brand cattle to mark their ownership of the cattle, that they will lose, for example, their control of their soul. This awareness indicates that in regard to the alien factor, this could well occur since the aliens have the ability to sever souls from the individuals and to make clones using souls or parts of the souls of individuals. Now, interestingly enough, uh, the aliens may, may in their agenda promote the concept of rapture in which they pick up individuals and take them to their own home planet to be used for breeding and husbandry for livestock for food of their populations now this might sound a little bit far-fetched but i say this because when we take a look at this uh, right over here give me one second um Ah, here we go. This awareness, again, once injected into the body, the identity chip cannot be removed. And that is the concept of when these beings are taken to the home planet and returned to Earth with no memory of that happening. There are documents to substantiate that, such as Paul, the Paul Benowitz document. But again, um, and I quote, this awareness wishes to explain that those who have the mark or the mark of the beast forced upon them, such as children or entities who are incapable of resisting the mark because of force, will not experience that which is the separation of the soul soul. Interestingly enough, the awareness indicates it is the entity who willingly takes the mark that is in danger of losing his or her soul. Now, what we'll find is that the awareness indicates that it is to be understood that the so-called mark is not as harmless as was once thought to be in terms of its physical nature. It is not simply a laser mark or a mark that can be read by laser or not simply a barcode. It will be a chip that will be embedded in the hand or the forehead and it will operate from the heat of the body. It will have lithium batteries that are heated by the body and thus recharged by the heat. So they are intended to be more or less indefinitely charged. This awareness indicates the lithium batteries, if damaged, will leak into the system, causing toxins within one's body so that, that an entity may begin wow. to, to develop the boils as described in the book of Revelations in the Bible. These boils. What? Be- yeah. Yeah, again, uh, thank you, brother. You you bringing up the beers led me to this. If it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have got. Yeah. <laughs> well, I I was hearing you read this, and I'm like, how the hell is this relating to lithium? And boom, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> These boils begin uh, being from all over one system caused by the leaking batteries of the lithium from the chip. This awareness indicates that these leaking batteries and the radiation involved in the chip as that which will create extreme pain for many entities who accept the mark as this begins to have its effect when the batteries and the chip begin to grow old and begin falling apart as we see again the concept of you know, of a beginning and an end to everything sort of like the infinity circle. Which well, we- you know what's interesting about this and you know. I think people maybe are a little skeptical. I hear this and I'm like, wow, sounds like whoever was being written about in the Bible, this group has known about this stuff for a while. Like, yeah, like lithium yeah. batteries and all that. They're not new. They know what happens when a lithium battery is inside of an organic organism. And that's why they would put it inside of us. And And I'm like, Holy crap, this is reminding me of what I just read um, like 20 minutes ago about lithium being uh, one of the first, you know, scientists, I don't believe in the Big Bang, but scientists say that lithium was one of the first um, elements formed during the Big Big Bang, at least the, I think, one of the isotopes from, you know, however they determine that, I don't know, but it's just interesting that lithium has this very supposed ancient origin and it's being talked about within this context of the mark of the beast and the boils in the book of the revelation. I couldn't agree more uh, to, to top it off the last, I guess, sort of set of paragraphs here. There will be entities who will try to take these out. And I imagine when it says entities also refer entities, meaning humans too, but in the process of trying to extract these chips, they will also damage the chips and cause the same toxic release. So there will be many who will suffer from this in the physical sense, as well as in the spiritual sense. Now, going back before I go on, going back to the, where was I here? Right here. No, excuse me. Uh, Right here. The 
uh, Tesla bulb and of course these different mechanisms and whatnot, I can help but think that again, the toxicity, if assuming this chip hypothetically would break down within the body, I cannot help but think that again, there would be toxicity in a physical sense, but also in an esoteric sense because of the electromagnetic science that could explain the like the the dissemination of energy throughout the body of infectious energy through mechanisms like this what we're seeing right here right the the electric field access magnetic field access uh you know beta particles um particle beams you name it right now if we go back here and I quote, this awareness has discussed this briefly in an earlier reading that those who do not take the chip are likely to become outcasts in society, much like the untouchables in India, but this will be far better than accepting the chip and the consequences spiritually and physically. Could it be that, this is a side note, due to the entrance of the earth into the photon belt, which changes the atmospheric conditions and frequencies, the lithium will start to leak out of the chips. From a reader about Schumann resonance, the Schumann waves are a part of the planet and our lives. They're so vitally important that astronauts have to have them created for them when in space capsules. Now, here's the interesting thing as well, too. This doubling could well be in the indication of frequency changes in the planet that so many people have been writing about. Read about the chip powered by a lithium-ion battery as a, quote, satellite babysitting service, end quote, that can be recharged through the skin and use, the, uh, and use a proprietary antenna capable of transmitting singles, uh, signals through flesh and muscle. We know that DARPA is basically admitted to that, essentially. But I mean, when you take a look at the way in which there could be through an electromagnetic, again, that sort of intermergence between the physical realm and the esoteric realm, if there's a way when lithium leaks out, whether within the body, whether within just a certain you know, airspace or what have you, that, that integration between the toxicity coming out of that chip affects you both physically and esoterically, that middle ground in which there's that electric charge that transitions the two could in fact play a big big role in all of that right so again i i, I know i might have rambled a bit but no 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 it's point it's it's putting a lot of things together because you sorry you wonder you know when they talk about microchip implants and all this stuff like there's got to be a way for them to power it like they don't expect us to sleep on <laughs> these like cell phone charger things or whatever or plug ourselves in god forbid Right. So they are trying to innovate something like that where it's it's self-charging or even, you know, getting energy somehow from our own bodies, which is even creepier. I mean, the, the hamster on a wheel comes to mind when you really think about that. And that goes into the Fitbit and the I, Apple Watch and all this other, you know, biometric technology that they're rolling out under the guise of it's for our health, you know, very similar to lithium's initial use oh it's it's to bring sanity and peace of mind to these people i tend to think that those people that were being treated with lithium they probably had other issues uh that had more to do with society and if those societal issues were remedied they wouldn't have ended up like that in the first place now maybe that means that it's too late for them and, and any comfort they can get is you know well worth it but that doesn't mean that we're going to you know, make it a practice of stubbing our or cutting our toe off just to replace it with a shiny gold one you know what i mean it's just like it, it's just silly the way that people think that we can externalize healing like this and the whole mark of the beast stuff totally uh connects to all this and i didn't even realize it so i'm glad you you brought that in because that's, I mean, that's crazy. Though. And, and also Tesla, I mean, lithium, yeah. Elon Musk, yeah. I mean, that's, that's their bread and butter there. Yep. I also wanted to mention as well, too, that uh, speaking of which, from the same article, I won't, or from the same uh, page or database, um, it says here that, again, there is uh, a reason for implanting children uh, due to the fact that, and I quote, these lithium ion powered satellites overhead can, can locate them, excuse me, and the location allows patrol cars on the ground to drive to that location and further in on the entity. Now, before I go on, I just want to say as well that it says here that there are other implementations of 
lithium ion batteries into mainstream commercial technology, which is interesting because it seems like that is a direct way that other extraterrestrial beings relative to the alien war plans, Paul Benowitz, Paul Benowitz document of these different alien species coming into Earth. But there's a database that they all sort of have to check into, like when you check into a hotel, so to speak. I find it interesting that lithium ion batteries are placed all over our commercial use of, of technological products on a human level. And then all of a sudden you have the incursion of that software being able to possibly you via lithium get into spy on access our, our devices and from an esoteric but emf angle and i say this because allegedly there's already a database in place that does this sort of networking perfectly and uh, the audience on my end will have a, a bit of a, a very good idea on this that that infrastructure that's in place it's the promise software P-R-O-M-I-S, the Promise software, which was the software that Robert Maxwell, Ghislaine Maxwell's father, allegedly stole on behalf of the Mossad. So, wow. and on top of that, Jeffrey Epstein did have uh, also, from my understanding, uh, very secretive, but uh, uh, business affairs with De Beers Corporation as well. So, I mean, when you bring that full circle with respects to how things could all be connected, you know, substantiating it with what we see all over the, I mean, lithium ion batteries are used constantly at that point. It go, it's like, holy crap, you're going down a rabbit hole. That's not even a rabbit hole. This is, uh, might really be reality and we're living in the rabbit hole. Right. So. Wow. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's definitely fascinating, man. The promise software. Can you explain that a little bit for me? Cause I'm not aware of it. Uh, totally. I know it's associated with the Maxwell's, but sure. Yeah. Let me, uh, promise software. Let me just get a solid description of it. So I don't, uh, okay. It was a, actually, let me share my screen with you here. The promise software, uh, according to Wikipedia, was a case management software developed by INSLAW, formerly the Institute of Law and Social Research, a nonprofit organization established in 1973 by Bill and Nancy Hamilton. The software program was developed with aid from the Law Enforcement Assistance Administration to aid prosecutors' offices in tracking, uh, yeah, in tracking, essentially. Now, uh, basically what ended up happening, oh, we see right here, Maxwell, Epstein, and Promise, it was basically a very advanced software system, of course, for the 70s, uh, the highly advanced computer program for essentially surveillance of almost any and every kind that any kind that one could think of. So it was basically what we have now on our phones with respects to, you know, like find my iPhone or, or, or anything like this. It was basically that long before there was any of that which is why it was so prominent in being stolen by the Mossad, being sold on the, on the black market to, to customers and, and things like this. So again, it's a very, very, uh, basically it's a GPS system, but it would long before this was even a, a possibility of any kind. Um, again, and we see here now PRISM, which was that program under Obama, uh, long before Edward Snowden's claims or revelations that the NSA and CIA were monitor monitoring or tracking the internet, cell phones, emails, and, and any other electronic communication they could get their hands on using a program known as PRISM, there existed PROMISE, Prosecutors Management Information Systems. Um, again, to bring Department of Justice criminal case management from the dark ages into the light of the computer age. The, uh, per, this actually works out perfectly. In the spring of 1981, the Reagan administration hailed Promise as one of law enforcement's greatest uh, assets. By 1983, Promise had morphed into the behemoth of intelligence gathering. It was not state of the art. It was the art. Again, going back to that esoteric angle of using lithium-ion batteries via the insertion or incursion of technologies or networks that had the infrastructure like the Promise software. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't rule out any type of possibility of on an interdimensional or extraterrestrial level this happening, but on a much lower level, uh, again, this happening in a, in a physical sense with respects to uh, nano chips and, and whatnot. So that's basically the gist of it. It was a tracking software that got stolen. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And, and the fact that they're possibly using lithium to power that tracking network on a biometric level i mean damn this is really putting all the pieces together i mean i mean it's quite convenient that you know again i'm sure it's it's actually you know productive and and effective and useful but it's quite convenient that lithium-ion batteries are everywhere now right i mean 
kind of convenient for when you consider the things that we're we're looking at. Right. Right. Yeah, man. I uh I wonder how much more connects. I mean, obviously there's I'm, the I'll, I'll tell you right Nirvana. now, I'm I'm out of Go juice. <laughs> I'm, I got, I, I've, I've uh, maxed out, unfortunately. I'm sure the audience is going to, on my end, they're going to comment, Dave, you forgot this, you forgot that. I know, I know. But this is, this is what I've gotten uh, in the last little bit, trying to, you know, cover all the angles and elements of it. Yeah, no, no worries. No worries. It's not uh, an easy thing to do to just take a, a random look at any of these elements, especially lithium, when there are so many ways you can go another interesting salt bed is called the devil's golf course in death valley national park that's another place where there's possibly a lot of lithium but yeah man i am uh, i'm cool with with calling it done on this episode i think nirvana and their song lithium a lot of interesting parallels there you know kurt cobain taking his own life or possibly yep. that um happening because of courtney love i don't know if you looked into any of those theories yep but i would you know hate to not mention that because there's definitely associations there and lithium is just strange i mean it's got so many applications and then the fact that it's also an anti-depression drug it's like well you know i feel like these people who are being treated with lithium they'd be better off in a world without um without it you know and and all of the implications of using it that's a great point i actually forgot to even bring up the fact that you know lithium being treated for uh, being used for people to treat bipolar disorder and what have you i can't help but think again from an esoteric and spiritual angle there being some type of in incursion uh whether it's you know via if you subscribe to the saturn moon matrix or whether it's you know via other ways that we were just looking at here i mean i certainly something that i don't think you can factor out um and i say that because it could be in a very depraved and saddening way something that sort of puts the icing on the cake for these interdimensional beings with respects to people taking lithium to try and overcome their their issues so or and their chemical issues too so again that's what i mean by that transitory like you know venn diagram connection between the 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 nuts and bolts side of a you know chemical imbalance in the brain of some kind and the esoteric angle and if the medicine lithium with whether again on a larger scale or not whether human doctors know of the intention but it does something in an esoteric angle or spiritual angle All right so right on well hey brother this has been another episode of the elemental philosopherum i'm wondering uh you know i like i like three people um i'm thinking maybe we we reach out to some friends that also have podcasts and maybe see if there's any other podcasters that might want to join us as a guest Beautiful. for the next episode? I don't I, know. If, what are your thoughts on that? I'm all for it, brother. I think the audience will love it to have a, a you know, third perspective in there and, and change it up and bring people yeah. that, uh, that really enjoy the series as well too. maybe even bring them on board. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking, I'm thinking we definitely could find someone who might have like another perspective to bring to it, but I was surprised brother biblioteca, you know, that seems yeah. like a pull from my playbook, honestly, <laughs> but the very cool stuff. I was not expecting lithium to take us all this way. Um, and here we are live on the Rockfin for the elemental philosophy forum where Dave Zed from the generation zed podcast and i mark from the my family thinks some crazy podcast take a look at one element each episode and try to find some strange weird connections uh because there are undoubtedly <laughs> weird connections to almost every element i mean we've already been through five and we found a lot of strange information associated so 100 it was it was a great uh, great episode great time as always brothers it's a it's an honor and a pleasure right on well thank you brother 